This week, I speak to Sam Rick to hear the incredible story behind Sam's 85-kilogram weight loss. Prior to losing weight, Sam had weighed 165 kilograms, had a low self-esteem, and constantly doubted himself. Today, Sam is fit, confident, at only 80 kilograms, and shares why and how this all became possible. Stay tuned. This is an episode not to be missed. Welcome to the Coached Success Podcast. This show focuses on what it truly takes to pursue a life of excellence. Each week, I speak to a guest who has come from humble beginnings but refuses to settle for less than a life where they are pursuing their best. We speak about mindset, overcoming adversity, and the importance of resilience. This is Kyle Daniels. I hope that you enjoy the show. So today on the call, we have Sam. Sam Rig. Sam, how are you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, it's a beautiful day here. For the first time in a while, so I'm in a very good mood. Yeah. You? Awesome. I'm, I'm excellent. I'm excellent. <laughs> awesome. Sam, do you want to tell us who is Sam Rig? Uh, yeah, so I'm from England, uh, 26, 26 yeah, years old, and uh, right now I'm living in Thailand, Phuket. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the main goal of the minute is to train to have my first Muay Thai fight. Mm-hmm. I guess the reason the, the, the reason I met you is because uh, I'm a very keen runner and yes. put me in contact. And um, yeah, we went for a trail run last week. Yeah, yeah. I, have something in common in that we both had uh, like quite a big weight loss and mm-hmm. like life transformation, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so you so you mentioned there that obviously, first of all, you are planning to fight. Um, but before we dive into the fight, and speak to us about um, the weight loss because you've, you've had a, a dramatic um, shift in weight, obviously. Um, speak to us about that. Yeah, so um, I was always big. As a kid, mm-hmm. like in uh, primary school, so like I don't know, ten years old, I had to have the uh, stretchy trousers, you know. Okay. Um, but I was always big, and when I was twenty-three, and I finally weighed myself, mm-hmm. one hundred and sixty-five kilos. But I think maybe it was more in university when I was drinking and partying. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, once I finally got a job and kind of stopped learning and didn't have the distraction. Uh, I started to lose weight. And in the end, I went down from 165 to 80 in about 15 months. Like it's not, it wasn't linear. It was ups and downs and you know, mm-hmm. slow periods and fast periods. Um, but after I did that, uh, I figured I wanted to do the things that I couldn't, I didn't feel confident enough to do. Mm-hmm. Um, 18, I wanted to do some traveling mm-hmm. Thailand started doing some boxing and I've kind of fallen in love with it since and now the goal is I mean I got a little bit obsessed with exercise trying to mm-hmm. improve so, and Muay Thai is the perfect thing because it's really hard <laughs> yeah know? so every day is different. 
and you never learn everything. Um, and now I, I think I'm just following the the pattern I made for myself of yeah. trying to do difficult things. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, and I know that you said, um, first of all, congratulations on your transformation because going from 165 to 80 kilograms is a huge shift, especially in under two years, right? So that is a major shift in lifestyle. I know that. Um, speak to me first of all about, so obviously, like you said, now you're at a place where you're able to travel, you're able to explore, you're able to try new experiences, right? Whether it's fighting, um, seeing how you can push yourself to the limits. Um, and obviously that is born out of doing this incredibly difficult difficult task of dropping the weight, right? Because that sets a reference point for you. But speak to us about, um, you know, before actually losing the weight, who was Sam before? Give us a snapshot of that. Immediately before losing the weight, I was working mm -hmm. in products. So mm -hmm. I two years as a trader for a Chinese company. Um, it was quite a stressful job. And I think I took a lot of my, what's it called, my, my identity. Mm -hmm. The fact that I had um, a good job finance. Mm -hmm. you know, outside of work, I would kind of just go home watch Netflix, binge watch Netflix, mm -hmm. weekends, go up with my friends and get drunk, not really have any hobbies to speak of, you know, it was kind of like work was my identity. And then at the weekends, just get really drunk because that's kind of what I did for a long time before, but no like interest, no drives or passions like I have always very shy, you know, mm -hmm. there's a, a, a thing in the back of your head telling me like, Oh, they're looking at me like, yeah, yeah, or something, you know. I don't. Maybe it's, it's probably not true, and I'm mm -hmm. told me I overreact. But, but there's something in your head which just tells you like you feel a bit like a monster, you know. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's looking like that, you know. If you sit next to someone on the bus, you think, ah, oh, I'm I'm causing an inconvenience to them, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so that kind of stays in the back of your mind, and it kind of slowly chips away your confidence and how how do you feel how do you feel now post obviously uh, the weight loss right because obviously like you said the the there was a huge issue a challenge with the way you saw yourself your confidence right um how do you think that image of yourself has changed now you know <laughs> mm -hmm. like i think maybe it went a little bit too far for a while and i, I became a little bit arrogant yeah but, um, yeah i the first like while I was losing the weight, I was still kind of not, you couldn't quite believe it was happening. Mm -hmm. Still quite, still didn't, but almost yet, yeah, almost didn't believe it was happening. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't, I don't think I had was much change, but since I've come to Thailand and like now I'm training like six, seven hours a day, mm -hmm. I kind of like, yeah, much more, confident in my abilities and it's get to the point now where every time every now and again i just stop and think how far i've come and stuff yeah. i've overcome and yeah i'm trying I, I don't want i don't want to be arrogant with myself but I'm, I'm very proud of what i've done but yeah sometimes uh I, you know one, one of the reasons i wanted to fight was because for the last three years mm -hmm. everything's been just perfect you know, like mm -hmm. nothing bad was happening to me. 
everything seems to have snowballed into just better and better and better things, you know? Mm -hmm. So I kind of think the fight would be good because it might, uh, it might knock me down a peg or two, you know? <laughs> Bring me back down to earth a little bit. But in terms of confidence in everyday situations, I'm much more, much more confident. Like um, I went trail running with you and mm -hmm. uh, four or five other guys. There's no way I would have done that before. Yeah. Like, regardless of the fact of exercise, just with four strangers. If I did, I would be at the back, not speaking to anyone. But just, uh, yeah, just feel more confident in myself and proud of my achievements. And it makes a big difference to anyone if they want to feel more confident. Do things you're going to be proud of and it will really boost you, you know, make you feel like a better person. Mm -hmm. And that's true that you said, right? The thing is, it's, it's the, our confidence comes from us taking on doing the hard things, right? Taking on that challenge and showing ourselves, wow, I can actually accomplish it, accomplish that. But then there's also a fine line between confidence and arrogance, like you said, being prideful, egocentric. So we need to also be able to say, you know what? I am both everything while I'm simultaneously nothing, right? It's great to have that mindset and that approach because I know I've been there as well, where I lost weight and, you know, you think that nothing can ever knock you down. You just feel like that because you've accomplished this, this feat that was, um, that was previously impossible, seemed impossible to you, right? But it's also good to understand that because what happens is that we start viewing the, everybody's lives through these lenses that, Oh, you can do it. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Um, and I realized that I was becoming a bit too tough on people because everybody deals with their own challenges. Um, weight loss or people's weight is just a symptom of a deeper issue, right? And sometimes it could just be a lifestyle change, but then it could also be, like you said, whether it is um, trauma or having a tremendously low self-image. Self so there are many things that sometimes stack behind that that we need to also understand and have compassion for the journey people are on because that is what I personally realized in my own life and I needed to fall plenty of times to realize that that I'm not invincible <laughs> right don't get me wrong I still believe I'm, I can be invincible but then there's times where I tell myself ah, step, step step to the side you're not invincible and I think that's a healthy relationship to have with our ego right to know that there are times where I can step into the ego but there are times where I can also step out of it and realize that not everybody views life like me. Not everybody has opportunities that I have. And then I liked also the fact that you said, you know, challenges have now become, you've, you now see yourself as putting yourself in deliberately on these challenges, right? This path of how can I challenge myself at the bigger scale and the grander scale? Um, speak to me about the value of that and how you personally derive a sort, a sort of growth from it. When I really started to kick off with the weight loss, mm -hmm. it was, um, yes, actually, I started for like six months just doing mm -hmm. laser cardio in the gym. And the, the biggest hiccup I had, which was, I guess, a challenge, was uh, I, I hired a personal trainer in my local gym. Mm -hmm. I like £300, $400 for a group mm -hmm. of stuff. And then he just ran away and never, never came back. The gym wouldn't help. I was so embarrassed that I, I wouldn't go back to the gym because I knew I complained to them and I knew all the staff knew. And, you know, I feel like I'd just taken advantage of. So mm -hmm. from I kind of went off the deep end. And then after that, I realized if I don't do anything, nothing will happen. 
and I still didn't want to go to the gym. Um, so I had to find another solution. And I started, that's when I started running. And then at this point, I was still 155 kilos. Mm -hmm. I couldn't run far. I started a something called, have you heard of Couch to 5K? Um, I've heard of it before, yeah. It's like where you walk 30 seconds, uh, run 30 seconds, walk two or three minutes. Mm -hmm. It took me three minutes before I could run a 5K. But I did that by myself because I had to find a different solution. Mm -hmm. I was to go to a gym. Um, and because of that, running is like this endless like challenge. Mm -hmm. And I got kind of into that. You have to run further. You run faster. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, um, so you obviously like taking on this journey, right? Like you said, initially you got a personal trainer to help you with it. Um, what was the pain point? Because, you know, it's, first of all, whenever we are going to pursue something, a worthy goal, we can be sure or certain that there are going to be certain hiccups, certain obstacles along the journey. The first, the first hiccup for you was your personal trainer running away with your money. And that is an easy place for people to say, you know what, I tried this, it's not worth it, right? I don't have the money to pay for it again. We have all the excuses, all the reasons why it didn't work out. But you, will, you were determined enough to say, you know what, I'm going to find a way, even if it means I need to start running or following this particular program, whatever it is, I need to get to my goal. So that shows that there was a level of drive and certainty that you want to achieve this, right? Um, and that's why you overcame that hurdle, that initial hurdle. So there had to be a pain. What was the pain that pushed you, that triggered you to start going down this journey of weight loss, to commit into it? That's the thing. So yeah, I think the, the thing which kind of kicked it off, like the physical thing which kicked it off was my friend just happened to be going to the gym across the road from my work and he casually said, do you want to come? I said, okay, okay. But yeah, the reason I'd never did anything before was because I kind of thought, like I said, I was big through high school. Mm -hmm. I never wanted to do anything about it. But I kind of just thought, like, lots of people are overweight. It's normal. You see people mm -hmm. overweight. And the idea, my idea was I would go to university, get a good job, get a good car, house. Mm -hmm. And it's normal. There's lots of, like, overweight guys. But if he's got a lot of money, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> kind of make, there's kind of like a balance in my head that it, mm -hmm. it's all okay. Um, so all through university, I had that mindset. And my friends did often, you know, sit me down and try and help me, try and... Mm -hmm. Talked to me about it. I actually got in a fight with one of them about it. But I was so determined to ignore them. And just, mm -hmm. No, it's no problem. There's no problem. It's, you know, mind your own business. But really, mm -hmm. they were trying to help. So I think I've, I've apologized to them for the way I acted there. Mm -hmm. But then when I finished university, got a good job, good career path. And I realized the kind of the goal which I thought I wanted to have a good job and get lots of money. You know, five o'clock. You finish and you still feel exactly the same. Mm -hmm. I think slowly as I started working there, <clears throat> I started to realize actually, if I want to feel, if I want my life to be better and I want to feel good about my life, I need mm -hmm. to start doing something about it, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, it was, actually, it was, it was a work trip to China. Mm -hmm. Uh, while I was there meeting for, um, with my colleagues, I, you know the tuk-tuks they have? Yeah, yeah. I broke three of them because I was wow. so big. And, wow. Uh, you know, then 
you know, with them all, and they're all speaking Mandarin, which I don't, mm-hmm. I don't And I don't think they would be mean, but I know they were talking about it and laughing, and it just made me feel, you know, I think that's the, the physical trigger. Mm-hmm. My friend invited me to the gym, and I thought, okay, I'll just do this casual. I'm not going to make a big thing about telling people I'm trying to lose weight. Mm-hmm. It's also embarrassing if you, people think you're doing it and you're afraid you'll fail. You know, you yeah. it's an issue. You just want it to be like, yeah, I'm just, everyone goes to the gym, don't they? Everyone, yeah. It's a casual thing. And then, like I said, that first six months, did no diet, just go to the gym every night and do two hours of lazy cardio. It was like 15 mm-hmm. minutes. Then the episode with the gym instructor. And then uh, started running, joined a new gym uh, like a month or two after starting running. And when I did my like induction, the personal trainer there, they just said, um, just try one month. Like mm-hmm. at this point, I was still smoking 20 cigarettes mm-hmm. a day, drinking heavily on weekends. And he said, just, just have one month. Just try, try stopping everything. Just yeah, to yeah. See, see how it goes, try keto. So most of the weight loss was done through keto. Uh, and that first month, I lost like 13 kilos. Wow. Like I said, but it was my friend's birthday next weekend. So surely I have, I'll still drink for that. You know, mm-hmm. I said, no, <laughs> there's always a good excuse to, to, to get drunk or yeah, yeah. Eat, eat bad. And uh, once I, that was in my head, then as soon as I did that night out and didn't drink anything, didn't feel bad the next day, you just kind of realize it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Life goes on. They're making a big thing about mm-hmm. not being able to do these things. I think are important to me, mm-hmm. and I drink for like maybe two years after that, just because it wasn't important to me anymore. And after yeah. 13, 13 or fourteen kilos that first month, that's like from then on, there's no going back because it's. I I could see I could see the difference. Mm-hmm. One or two later, when people started really seeing the difference and that is that's all you need once you've got that reinforcement yeah yeah and it's like uh, it's almost like at that point it was obvious that i was trying really really hard mm-hmm. and maybe it's a bit of an ego thing but if i know everyone thinks i'm trying to do it i can't i can't fail it mm-hmm. i don't want people to fail it and uh i think for anyone trying to like lose weight or i don't know quit drinking quit smoking Mm-hmm. I think that's the best advice. Just do it for, for two weeks or one month. Stop. Not because you want to stop, just to prove to yourself you can mm-hmm. stop. And afterwards, you feel completely different. About it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, what, what I like is the fact that you pointed out that this ultimately, you know, sometimes we need to detach from our patterns. And ultimately, it was a pattern of you, you know, like you say, making the excuses about it's a friend's birthday party or I need to drink, I need to do this. And we are all we are all creatures that, you know, we live into patterns. We, we establish patterns, routines, and we keep living into that. And whenever, whenever something goes against that, it seems impossible for us to break it. And that is what the one month, you know, break from it did for you. It showed you, oh, there is an alternative. There is other possibilities for me. Um, but it first starts off with breaking that initial patterns, just getting a break from it, and then being able to determine whether this is something you want to continue doing or not. So I love that um, that method that your instructor, the German instructor told you to do, because that was a great thing to do. Um, also helps you to, to become, you know, 
more committed to it because now, like you say, after the first time discovering, oh, I didn't do anything at my friend's party, didn't eat, drink, whatever, but I woke up the next day and I felt fine. So now yeah. it becomes a reinforcement loop because now you're reinforcing that behavior. Oh, I stuck to my goal. So yeah. you feel good and that gives you a spike of dopamine, which then can help you the next challenge. So that's amazing. The other thing I wanted to touch on is was, was about the tuk-tuk, right? And that pain point. Even though, you know, it might have been embarrassing in that moment, that is something that helped push you to who you are today, right? And that's what a lot of people don't understand is that it's okay with being embarrassed. It's okay mm -hmm. with dealing, being dealt a bad hand or getting something or something going wrong. It's okay. We're human beings. But how are we going to use that to make us better and stronger? And the best way to ever become better and stronger is to take the pain and turn it into a purpose, to use that pain. Because human beings will do more to avoid pain than it will ever do to gain pleasure. Because there were probably many times where you said, ah, I need to have a six pack, I need to lose this weight, but that's to gain pleasure, but it was difficult. But when you think, I don't ever want to be in a position where people are looking at me like this, where I'm breaking the things around me, you understand? That yeah. pain alone can drive anybody to achieve greatness. So awesome. That's a really um, great look at, you know, what we can do when we are given pain human beings, but it's us saying, you know what, how can I reframe this pain into a narrative that helps me become better at whatever, whatever I am pursuing in this moment. And that's the goal. And then um, speak to us a bit about, you know, um, at this point, right now you said you are planning to do a fight. Speak to us a bit about that. So, um, yeah, I, I did a little bit of Muay Thai back in, in the UK just for a bit of exercise. And two years ago, I came out to Thailand, to Chiang Mai. I started training, um, still very not good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I had to come back to the UK because of COVID. And now I'm back. Like, when I was in the UK, I was running like 10, 15K every day in, you know, hills and stuff. So mm -hmm. my fitness is, you know, good. Um, but I thought, I don't know if, I want to fight because I like to train and that's the obvious next step. Mm -hmm. I don't know if like in my head, I want to hurt somebody, you know? Yeah. But I, there's no better place in the world. The gym I'm at now, I don't know if I can name it, Phuket Fight Club, mm -hmm. some really high level foreign fighters here. And every morning we wake up 6.30, run 11K, train for two mm -hmm. hours, number two in the afternoon. And everyone here is just like, I'm like a savage, you know. Mm -hmm. it's, it's really good to surround yourself with people like that because even even if I wasn't going to fight, I'd still want to be here training. Mm -hmm. Someone asked me about it before. I thought the, the the mindset I had when I was trying to lose weight, like wake up at five o'clock and run five kilometers around the city I was working. Mm -hmm. So you get up and not feel sad that you have to do this, that you're doing it for the purpose. They're all, they're all like that, you know? Everyone turns up at 6.30 and they're not sad that they have to run, but they love it, you know? They're all trying to train for their next fight, but faster, fitter, stronger, better fighting. And, he, you know, even an hour of training, they're all still like... And I don't mean like they're just... Mm -hmm. you know smashing the bag smashing the bag doing doing sit-ups that no one's told them to do mm -hmm. i love that yeah and that, that that 
that again points to, the, to another rule, right? A rule of the rule of five um, or the people we surround ourselves with. Um, I recently did a, a post about, you know, peer pressure. And when I was at school, peer pressure was this thing where they had so many campaigns, watch out for peer pressure. You don't want to fall into it because it can be really bad. And I know it is bad. Many people who I know have gone down the route of, you know, not achieving the life or who they could become simply because they got involved with the wrong people. But that same principle applies to the good people, right? To help you level up, to get to the next level is surrounding yourself with people who influence you to become better. And like you said right now, these fighters, um, they are about excellence. They're pursuing excellence. Um, they're training hard. They go in the extra, the extra mile. And being around people like that forces you to also then become like that. And that is the amazing part of who you surround yourself with. Like you said, because now it's not, I don't have to force myself up to go and go for a run and then do this and do that. No, I know every morning <laughs> we're doing this. Then we're doing apps. We're doing this because they are doing it. So, and yeah. I'm with them. I need to do it as well. And that is a great, a great hack to achieve the things we want. Surrounding ourselves with people who are already doing it, right? Yeah. Because then we have to, we either have to level up to be at their level and do what they're doing, or we have to so they can be part of the group, or alternatively, we need to leave the group because we don't want to keep up. Yeah. We only have the two options: either I show up, I do what I need to do, so I can stay in this group, or I have to find myself a different group. So a powerful hack, really, really like that. And so Sam Reek, so Sam Reek, so right now you said one of your goals are to 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 train to fight. Um, what what is next for you after the fight? Have you thought about what is it you ultimately want to achieve or the impact you would love to make? Um, well, in terms of fighting, I'm trying not to think too far ahead. You know, like uh, if I if you'd have asked me four years ago what I would be doing now, mm -hmm. I wouldn't be telling. I would not be sat in Thailand training Muay Thai. You know, yeah. you know just so my my idea is don't think too far in the future, but in the next year. Well, first of all, hopefully fight soon. If I if I love it. Mm -hmm. cool. that's my life i <laughs> i train i fight keep going if for some reason i don't like it maybe i win and i i feel horrible for hurting someone i'll i'll decide then you know yeah. I, I don't know how i feel but uh in like in terms of work um for the last so before i worked in finance mm -hmm. i have no, no desire to go back to work in finance on mm -hmm. office i've been working as an english teacher online mm -hmm. the last two years but uh, recently, being in Phuket, which is a big fitness center, mm -hmm. I guess, uh, I, I want to try and use the, the skills, I guess, the, the mental tricks mm -hmm. I've learned to, to, to become a weight loss coach. And um, yeah, I think a lot of people who want to lose weight, and I'm talking like big weight, like mm -hmm. you have five or six kilogram flus, is different to if you have 50 or 60, you know, exactly. your life, life will change. Mm -hmm. You change your hobbies, you know, not just your food. You, you mm -hmm. change stuff. Those are the kind of people I'd love to help. And because um, that is all mindset, you know, you go on yeah. 150 kilos. If you go on Google and type how to lose weight, you click the first link, it's easy. You know, mm -hmm. too much. They probably have to eat four thousand calories a day to maintain. Mm -hmm. um, 
but it's just to have the patience and to kind of know that, like I said, you can go to a friend's birthday party and not do the bad things. And I'm, I'm sat here telling you, yes, you can. Mm-hmm. And I'll help you to do it. If it's just emotional support, actual, like you said, hacks, any tips. Mm-hmm. Um, also just someone to do it with. Because when I did it, 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 even though all my friends were super, super supportive, there wasn't anyone who I felt understood, you know? Yeah. Because they wanted to. Any, if I did find a new personal trainer, they probably had a six pack when they were eight, you know? Mm-hmm. The muscle up nursery, you know, I, it's not someone who's been through it and can say, no, this is how I dealt with a stressful day at work. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, when, uh, if you're going from like, so I think I was 5XL at my biggest. Mm-hmm. Always make sure you have at least one item of clothing in the two sizes. Below. Okay. Just try it on every week, you know, and you'll start to, it's a little bit better. You know, and yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that kind of that kind of thing, which I don't think a normal personal trainer would have. But mm-hmm. I'd love to I'd love to do that. And I don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. So now I'm just trying to get some people who will be you know, do it for free. Mm-hmm. Trying to learn how to do it if if I'd be good at it. Um but yeah, beyond that, the fighting, the weight loss coaching, try not to think too far in the future because Things change. Awesome. Sam, I just love to say thank you for being on the show and speaking to us us about your journey, um, the transformation that you made and inspiring us all with your your story. Yes. um, Thank you. Thank you very much. I I really enjoyed enjoyed being on. Actually, there is one other thing. It's um, another challenge we had was, uh, so when people lose a lot of weight, I don't know if you had it, but they have like uh, loose, loose skin. Oh, yeah, 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 loose skin, yeah. Um, so when I did, I had a lot of loose skin. And um, luckily, I was able to get some of the chests some removed in surgery. But actually, I heard from some, some people have told me when I put the post on Instagram asking for people, they actually said that they would consider not losing the weight to avoid having the loose skin. Yeah. Um, I don't really know how to react to that because it's kind of hypocritical of me to say, don't worry about it because I, I had it removed, you know, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I, I, if anyone's listening, they're thinking about that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I agree with you. Lee. I've had somebody who also mentioned that to me before about the loose skin. And I told them, you know what? Cross the bridge once you get there. Exactly. Yeah. Because now I, I still have the, the stomach one mm-hmm. chest sorted. And to be honest, it's kind of nice. It's not nice, but as long as... <laughs> I still feel comfortable taking my shirt off. And if anyone says it's not so pretty, then, you know, I don't care. You know, it reminds me of what I've done. It makes me feel, kind of makes me feel proud. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, no one should worry about it. And you know, if, if you happen to win the lottery one day, you can get it fixed. But if yeah. you win the lottery and you haven't lost weight, there's nothing you can do about it. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. Thanks, thanks, Sam. Thank you for tuning in. Please share this episode with anyone looking to maximize their life as this will help us to continue growing the Coached Success community. In addition, connect with me on Instagram or Facebook and tell me what you enjoyed most about today's show. Links to Facebook and Instagram are in the episode description. 
I look forward to hearing from you. Until next week, stay winning. <laughs>